0: This is the Tribe of Millionaires podcast from Go Abundance, The tribe of healthy, wealthy,
1: generous people who choose to live epic lives. Listen Tuesdays for featured guests and Fridays for GoBundance member spotlights. But listen always to hear how our guests have grabbed life big. Now, here's your host, Jamie Gruber.
0: what's up everybody welcome to the show i'm so excited today this is a guy i got to meet and learn from and he's somebody i had heard of uh well before i ever met him but just a few minutes of conversation and it opened my mind in fact i did a post recently saying how what he said to me three four months ago really only landed about two weeks ago that's the kind of impact he has so i won't delay the intro anymore he is a ultra high-end ultra successful performance coach He's a GoBundance brother, and he's a guy that's had an impact on so many lives, and that
1: impact continues to grow, and we'll talk about that. I want to say welcome to you, Jason Dries. What's going on? (laughs) Thank you for uh, the invitation to be here. I'm uh, just having a great day. You? How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. We talked a little bit about weather. You've got the 69 degrees cold
1: uh, where you are, where I'm sitting in 30 degrees, and Thinking, ah, it's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, it 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 dipped down below in Austin, Texas, below seventy this week. So I had to put my pants on, you know. Yeah, yeah, jeans that's, on.
0: That's how it goes. <laughs> the life of the life of Jason Drees, Life of Texans, I guess, in general. Texans, that's right. So you are uh, a little atypical in the abundance world. A lot of guys are coming in from the real estate side. Real estate, real estate, real estate. You've got relationships with real estate people, but that's not necessarily your path or what you're doing actively or passively for that matter. So yeah. I'm interested to get into that, but why don't we start yeah. with, you know, you're a
1: California kid. What are your beginnings like and and take us through, through today? My beginnings. That's an interesting question. Um, I grew up in Southern California, you know, um, my parents always worked, you know. Uh, We joke I was a latchkey kid because I took a public bus home from school by myself in fifth grade, but things were different in the eighties than they are now. Um, You know, we had everything we needed. We always wanted more. I grew up kind of in um, an upper class area. So I was kind of like, I didn't get a car for, I didn't get a BMW for my 16th birthday. Like a lot of my classmates, I got a job, you know? So I basically have been working since I was 15, 15 and a half because I like stuff. I like having resources. So I've basically been working nonstop all my life. Um, Went to college for engineering, that didn't work out, dropped out of there, (laughs) went into sales, and basically was in technology sales for about 15, 16 years before I discovered coaching. And when I got into coaching, kind of my life changed. And I've been a professional coach now for coming up on eight, nine years.
0: Engineering seems interesting. The little I know of you. I mean, you know, engineering doesn't match at least what I would envision you going for. So talk to me about that decision. What led you to that
1: conclusion? Why engineering? Well, it's because I'm good at math and sciences okay i was always good at math and sciences and when you go to high school like picking a major in high school has got to be the silliest thing there is like you have no clue Mm um your brothers are engineers you're good at math okay be an engineer okay that sounds good right Mm -hmm. um and then i you know some of the engineering classes civil engineering classes were fun where we're out in the out in the field surveying stuff but like um like vector dynamics in physics i just couldn't get calculus i could rock calculus but physics like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not was not my path. It's not my path at all. Interesting.
0: You're in sales and then you become a coach. Walk me through that bridge. What, was the, uh, what, what brought you from sales to coach? Was that just one day you quit and hang up a plaque or
1: what was that transition? Did you get coaching? Like, How did you get introduced to this? Pretty much every job I've had was sales other than my first job in high school, which was I worked at the golf course. Um, diamond bar golf course. After that, it was all sales sales, sales roles. Um, in two uh, 2007, um, me and my engineer, I was a territory sales manager for Avaya. He was the territory channel engineer. We started a company, and we started developing products. So we found because I knew I wanted to start a business because I I had read Rich Dad Poor Dad about four years ago. Mm. And that changed, that was the thing that flipped the switch when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad in like 2002, 2003. And I wanted to start a business. I didn't know what to start. And then I had an idea for a product in 2007-ish and we started testing. And it was actually a race car driver cooling suit, like a suit that cools race car drivers because inside race cars, it's really hot. Mm. And we started developing products and I, had, I started a company called 986 Incorporated, uh, raised a half a million dollars in funding. And I had listened to some Tony Robbins audio programs, Personal Power, and I had listened to those in the early 2000s. And I had a mailer that said, get a free coaching session. So I called in, got a free coaching session, and I I signed up for coaching. And I was like, oh my God, that 30 minute call was so helpful. So I wanted to make that business be successful. So, and it's funny looking back how little I knew about running a business back then. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's, an entire, that's an entire other podcast episode. But um, I basically signed up for that session, hired a coach. Um, that kind of um, went really well. Um, about, that was the end of 2010. And then in 2012, I went to unleash Tony Robbins, unleash the power within. Six months later, I went to date with destiny. And I was kind of hooked. Um, and I came out of date with destiny and I was a coach. Because at Date with Destiny, you get to see Tony coach a lot of people. And then literally three months later, I got invited to the Tony Robbins Coach training program. And that's kind of where it's... And when, and actually started because I was in coaching at the time. And my coach asked me, have you ever thought about becoming a coach? And this was in probably February, January or February 2013, right after Date with Destiny. He asked me, have you ever been thought about becoming a coach? And that question was like getting struck by lightning, hmm. like I, I, it was like, it jolted my entire system. And I knew in that moment, the second he asked it, I was going to be a coach. Um, and it was the first time in my life I was actually excited to learn something. What, what was it? What is it about it? Like, what do you
0: like? I mean, you have the benefit of hindsight now, like, what is it about your personality or your gifts or your attributes
1: that you think created that lightning strike? I think it was life talking to me, getting my attention. Mm, okay. That's what I think it was. I think it was my intuition screaming at me. Um, because I was always really good at sales, but never really excited about it. So I could be the, to one of the top performers without much effort and I did it cause you made relatively good money. Um, but you know, working for other people, it's easy to get to one, you know, with, with effort, you can get to 150, 180, um, but getting over 200, especially like 20 years ago, you either had to be top sales guy, but a lot of those companies keep increasing quotas. So it's hard to make money, right? So either you got to be an executive or you got to be amazing at what you do. And I was never a big enough corporate games player to become an executive. I never mm-hmm. played corporate. I wouldn't. I could never fit in there. So I I knew there was something more. I didn't know what it was, but when when the coaching question happened it like rattled me to my core like oh my god i have purpose in life
0: what was the next step after that do you open up a coaching business do you work for i I guess you you worked. it sounds like in the tony robbins organization like
1: what what did that next step look like and how long was the transition until you were full-time coaching well i get invited to be joined the tony Tony robbins coach training program in march of 2013. right at the same time we were expecting our second son, Magnus, was due. And we had just moved from the Bay Area to Sacramento because my wife was my wife had a, had a preschool, a business she ran from our house. So she closed that business down. And we moved to Rockland, California, because it, the cost of living was like 60% less. So we moved there to lower our expenses so she could stay home with the kids and I could work. And, and at the, right around the same time we moved, I got invited to join the Tony Robbins coach training program. And then literally a week after we moved there, after she closed her business, I got laid off from my job. Wow. And we had a baby due in
0: three
1: three weeks. $150,000, $180,000 a year type of job. Gone. Yeah. Wow. And we just moved. We had a baby due in three weeks. I remember asking the HR person who was terminating me, could you guys fire me next month so that I could have the baby under? And she's like, can your wife have the baby early? I was like, really? So, um, <laughs> obviously not a mom, but no, no. yeah, it was, so it was probably one of the most stressful times of my life. I had something I was super excited about. And at the same time, uh, all of a sudden financial struggle was hit, you know? And we and and my years of working in that nine eight six startup that ran, ran from like two thousand eight to two thousand twelve, eventually my resources were all gone, so I didn't have much savings, so we were struggling. And I became and then I find out from Tony Robbins that the pay is thirty dollars a thirty minute session, so sixty bucks an hour. So it was an interesting process of like, oh, here's something I'm super excited about, but at the same time, it doesn't pay anything. <laughs> so I basically started my own coaching business at the same time because the Robbins business incur- allowed you to do that where you can coach for them and you can go have Jason Drees coaching on the side. So I went out and I just started going to the Chamber of Commerce and I started selling like crazy. Okay, there's, wow, there's a lot to talk about.
0: So I want to get back to <laughs> 986 at one point. I want to talk about running a business. You said there's a whole other podcast. I want to bring that into this podcast. Yeah, But let's talk about the beginnings of Jason Drees coaching and coaching with Tony Robbins. So you, you don't have... I mean, I guess you go through a Tony Robbins training to be a coach, yeah. but I mean, you, you've never had a coaching client before this first 30 minute session, whatever the first 30 minute session you ever did for Tony Robbins, I assume, right?
1: No, no. I had it. I had, they basically, I, I was a client of theirs and they gave me a yep. free session. I I was a client of theirs with a coaching contract. No, no. Then... I, I mean,
0: I mean, once you're hired, you hadn't coached anybody before whoever the first client oh, yeah, they gave you. Yeah. Like that was the first time you coached. I, somebody, actually,
1: but- I, I did close one client because it was in this like Facebook group, but I had no training experience whatsoever other than, so, other than going to, to the Tony Robbins events.
0: So what, what was the, what was the value proposition as a coach back then for you? How did you coach? What were you coaching? How, you know I mean? I'm just kind of curious. You, you just it start was, out, you've got all this, like your wife closes her business. You move, you're having a baby. The job is
1: gone. And now you got to coach people. How do you, and, coach you have to, and you have to manage your state as best you can and it's not like, oh, let okay. your problems come. It's, it it's a really, and as a high eye disc profile, it's very hard for me to hide emotions. So yeah. the bottom line is you have to deal with your shit. Mm. You can no longer, your stuff that needs attention, you have to deal with it. You can't hide it in the closet because in coaching, it all comes up because I'm not the type of person who can say something and not be congruent or can say something that's not truthful and be congruent. I can't. So you do the best you can to get in state and focus. And at that time, coaching is really about just goal setting and accountability and focus, right? Mm-hmm. It's not deep dive into a deep mindset alignment like I do now. Back then, it's really just, what do you want? What do you want? And just helping with goal setting and accountability. That's where it starts. Gotcha. So you
0: start hiring, you start uh, bringing on clients on your own. How like, what did that? Was it a, a quick hit? Did you have, you know, twenty clients in the first week? What did they, What no, did this look like? No, as it, a, was, it was. It
1: It was a challenge, and and you know, I would. I figured out how to network in the chamber of commerce, and I figured out how to add value, and I figured out how to like get free intro sessions and convert those to clients. And I was charging like two hundred and fifty bucks an hour, um, not as many as I wanted, um, but all of that growth was. The thing that was really stopping my success wasn't my lack of sales efforts or my ability to sell coaching. The thing that was stopping my growth was my financial identity. Mm, Unpack that, please. Every one of us has a financial comfort zone. And money is literally a frequency of life you live in. It's like your, like your body weight, you know, like you may around, around Christmas time and the holidays, you put on a few extra pounds and like, there's a comfort zone, right? And the pants get a little bit tight. You, you, you do a little bit more exercises. We have a natural comfort zone. We default to with our bodies. We also have a natural comfort zone. We default to with, with our earnings income and you can, and it's literally a frequency of life that you live in and you cannot earn more than your financial frequency. And I had a lot of issues around um, scarcity, limited financial points of view, um, issues from my past of scarcity, of being raised without a lot of money. Um, and if we tracked my s- business success, we could literally map my business success to my financial identity.
0: Hmm. Interesting. What What are some
1: things? Go ahead. Were you going to say I'll give, you, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. Please, please, please. In in 2005, I worked for Avaya. I was a decent-paying tech job. Company was just a chaos machine. They literally reorged every year. I've never seen it before. Um, but uh, but it was a great company. But I wanted to make more, and I was making about 120. Got an opportunity to interview for another company called Sonic Wall, which was another te- Bay Area tech company. They sold a different type of tech product, which was, and I was a Cisco engineer, actually, a certified Cisco sales engineer from my previous tech sales days. So it was like a, the job was a no-brainer. It was a lateral position, same exact position, just at a different company. I got referred to that position by a former peer of mine who worked in Southern California. To, who, so we go to this interview. I meet the regional hiring director. as As we're walking to the interview room, he's all, we've never even spoken. He's already introducing me to the new employees as the new guy, hmm. because he took the word of who that guy was, his guy in Southern California, and I was in a similar role as him, so he knew we had the similar skill sets. Hmm. And if we sit down and the and and, and mind you, like. I would say 90 to 95% of the jobs I'd interviewed for prior to this, I'd I'd get job offers because I'm great at sales, and I'm great with people, and I'm very influential, and that's just always the way it was. I went into this job interview. We sit down. The first words out of his mouth is, this is a 200K job, and I'm at 120, and I'm like, oh my God, that's awesome. I'm like, yes, I'm so excited, and then I proceeded to have the worst interview of my entire life. It was so bad he wouldn't even respond to my follow-up email. I like tried to control him. I tried to force it. I literally just didn't even let him talk. And like just, and, and wow. it took me years to unpack what happened. And I didn't unpack this till literally I was a Tony Robbins coach like six or seven years later. I realized at the time that I had resistance to people with money. I thought rich people were bad and they were greedy. And I was already making three times of what most of my family members were making. And I was concerned that if I started making that much more money, they wouldn't love me anymore. So my subconscious mind fixed it and kept me in that space. How
0: do you tap into that? How do you find that? Because that's that's a, a, essentially self sabotage, right? Like your self sabotage. Self sabotage. Um, I did it. I did it.
1: I did it again. Actually, in 2017.
0: How'd you do it in 2017?
1: Because that's you at this point. You're you're on the. Up I was. A, I, I, like I, I was. I was. I was a co. Well, I was a co. I wasn't making a lot of money though. I was still at the 100 and 150. Okay. Jason Dree's coaching didn't take off to 2000, end of
0: 2019.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So, so at the I took a job for one of my clients as a chief strategy officer of his business, had a 200K salary, and I it, the, the, the role was kind of set up without success. I could have done nothing and collected a 200K salary. Yeah. Um, but I got involved, I got engaged, did something stupid, and got fired after three months because I thought it was a mess, and I talked to an employee about this place isn't going to work. Let's start our own. Let's find a way out and serve him on the way out and go we'll start our own thing. And it got out and I got fired three months later. And I Found realized it was like, there. and and then, and then looking back, it's like financial identity got me again.
0: This is, this is a really interesting concept. It's not even a concept. It's a fact. This is what happens. People self-sabotage, you know, 100%. set themselves to a certain thermometer, right? But yeah. it's so hard to see because you used a, a key word in all this. And that is subconscious, right? Your subconscious mind sabotages this. You're not actively trying to, it's not like it's something that you're even aware of. So how do you become aware of that? How do you tap into that? I, you know, we're not going to get, you're going to have to
1: go through extreme coaching. I know to get to this, but (laughs) but just, well, not really. Well, Well, yeah, go ahead. Well, well, you can look at symptoms of it, right? Is your income growing? Has your income grown over the past five years? If your income hasn't grown over the past five years or, you know, consistently growing your, your financial mindset is not growing. Most people are going to make what their parents make or a little bit more. That's, that's your default. Your default is like your parents, like how your, your parenting default is how you were parented, your earning default is how you were earned. One of the things I've been like when I was in, when I was a, a freshman in high school, I got a job at the golf course when I was 15 and a half worked all summer. Saved up 700 bucks with my $4.25 an hour job. Went and, and back then, you didn't have debit cards, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a car. So the money just sat in the bank account. I go to the bank at the end of the summer, go to the bank account. I expect to check my account balance and see $700. I check my account balance and it says zero. I go home. I talk to my mom. I said, all the money on my account's gone. And my mom said I borrowed it to mm-hmm. buy, buy groceries. And she didn't tell me. She just took it. Because back then you had an account linked to a parent. Um, She gave it back to me on Monday. And I learned in that moment that if you save money, it will be taken. Mm. I didn't save money for 20 years. I can tell you fights I have with my wife in 2011, 2012 about saving because I, I just didn't know why. And it was through my coaching journey I started to unpack that I had a fear that if you take money, it will be, if I save money, it will be stolen from me. And it came from that experience. Wow. so i've been very cautious with my children. like i used to hear we can't afford it a lot now 2013 2014 we were literally on food assistance from the state of california because i was making so little money i've had my wife come home um, and be crying because our debit card didn't work and some very kind woman behind us bought us groceries in line um and so she's went through that and i've went through that um but even when we couldn't afford anything, I've never said to my boys we can't afford it—not once. Because I understand how powerful financial mindset is. It took me literally 20 years to unpack my financial mindset, and now that I've unpacked my financial mindset, my income is just accelerating like every quarter. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> so, 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 yeah. so, so the, so, the simp- so how do you know if your financial mindset's limited is if your income is not growing?
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I get that. If if I'm just thinking through this, so you're you're like you said, you're every quarter your income's going up is an indicator. If in three quarters from now you top out and cap out for for two quarters in a row, do you look at that then as an indicator that your financial mindset is not growing? Like, is that going to be true again, or is it something that you've resolved? And you feel, you know what I mean? Like, is this something that, like, is that the indicator? So if this happens again to you, does that indicate that you've
1: tapped out mindset-wise on your finances? That's no longer the indicator for me. And okay. and once you get past that, there's other things that start to slow it. There's other, other indicators. What I, if my income levels off in three months, I would look at it as, is, it, is life giving me a break mm. or where is life not growing? Um, because it's probably like one of the other factors that has also connected with my growth and a lot of the work I've done with Brandon Turner, that's been a big, he's been a big, uh, aspect of my growth, um, when his supporting me early on and what was really my willingness to be visible and seen. So we expand in all areas of our life finance is one of it once you break 200 300k in income usually the financial your your financial mindset is open to expansion it's usually under two under one usually it's under 100 but as you hit a few hundred thousand usually that goes away then the next factor that starts to slow you down may be your ability to work with leverage in teams because once you make, making, making 100 grand is not that hard. Making 200 grand takes a lot. Making 250 is hard, right? Getting to 250 is really, really hard. But once you get to 250, you get to 500 just like that. It's just like no brainer. And then a million, where a million comes in, you got to have more leverage. So the people who get stuck at 500 and don't break a million, they're not bringing the leverage piece in. They, they got to work with more people. And so I've got more people. That component. So there's the leverage piece. There's the financial mindset piece, and then f- there's also the self worth piece that can be triggered as it goes up. And then the other piece for me, as I start to become more and more public, it's really my willingness to be open and be seen as a public figure.
0: Hmm. What, what are some things that you do to help people unlock, or what are some things people can do to help start to unlock this, or or at least identify it, have awareness around where they're where they're where they've set themselves financially? Are there any tactics that you you give to
1: folks? well? Well, you want to be aware of your emotions. It's it's just be aware of what's going on because I don't really f- coach the way I was trained to coach. I was trained to coach that says, okay, well, if you want to get your your W, to your you want to become a real estate job investor and quit your day job, you got to get some properties and, and you're not going to find them on Zillow. So you got to go cold calling, right? It's like, but well, I don't like cold calling. And your coach would say, well, what if you don't cold call? What kind of man are you, right? So they build up negative leverage around forcing misaligned action
0: negative right? leverage around force alignment okay okay gotcha yep i right? like that
1: and, and, and that doesn't work so everything that i do now is around alignment success action doesn't create success alignment with success creates success so the way you start to move into alignment is to become aware of where you're out of alignment and the way you and, and the way you become aware of being out of alignment is the same in all areas of your life. You feel it. Do you feel positive emotion or do you feel negative emotion? Like we have this guidance system built into us that no, but most people, we're, us especially as men, are conditioned to not listen to. Tough it out. Put in the hours. But I am I don't want to do that. You've got to do that, right? So we end up following social conditioning over following our internal guidance system. So all you have to do is pay attention to where you have negative erosion around money. Like for example, I think money is just like, it's just energy. Right. And, and, and for example, I bought a boat this summer and we want to buy a house and everybody says like, well, you don't buy a boat right before you buy a house. Right. So they say, why not? Yeah. Because they're all coming from a place of scarcity where money may disappear. I don't live from a place of scarcity because I don't want to carry that frequency in my mindset.
0: I like that. I like that. And, a lot.
1: and the more you remove patterns of scarcity in your thinking, the more money just starts to flow and flow and flow because it's just a frequency of life.
0: Yeah. That's, you know, you, you, uh, this was the, I, I mentioned at the start of the show, you and I having a conversation, you, you won't remember it. Cause I'm sure you talked to a lot of guys about similar topics, but you and I having a conversation, uh, when we were together at an event uh, and you said to me at the time,
1: I remember at in the steamboat lobby on the stairs, hundred percent. Exactly.
0: And I remember your hand gesture. Like if you're watching on YouTube, I remember your hand gesture. It was, uh, you said something to the, to the, to the, uh, uh, uh something along the lines of, uh, most people. And you kind of just said it, you know, uh, think that you have to set the goals to become this success. And then you did this thing with your hands. You said, I, I look at a line oh, with framed. success, right? Yeah. Frame, yeah. Right. And Perfect. then the actions take place after that. And honestly, it didn't land when I, when I mean, I got, it It was like, oh, that's interesting. But I, I couldn't yeah. get my head around it until one day, two months later, I'm sitting yeah. down and I'm looking at my calendar for the upcoming week. And I'm like, I'm doing a lot of shit. There's a lot of stuff that I'm doing here. Right. Like, yeah. but I don't know where any of it, le- like, I think all of it leads to something, but, but like, yeah. who am I, who am I being, what am I aligned with right now? And it was just like, Jason Dries. Yeah. That's exactly what this guy just said to me two months ago. Is that, am I, am I representing that appropriately? Well, yeah.
1: Right. So I'll do it again. So like, imagine, you know, if you had a piece of paper, I would draw a little circle here and I would call that circle action. Yeah. And that's, and that's where, that's how we think we get what we want. We want the stuff like Abraham Hicks. Where's my stuff, right? Where's my stuff? I get the stuff from action. That's what we think. Okay. Take action. And if we're not getting the action, we want to take different action. We're not getting the result. We want to take different action. Or if we've got a basic coach, so it's like you've got action, then you got mindset. So it's like, okay, well, I know if I'm not taking the right action, I've got the wrong strategy, so I need to shift my mindset. Mm. I need to shift my mindset to get the right strategy. And that's the way I used to coach, where I was taught to coach. But that's only part of the equation. Because you'll never hit the target until you run the right strategy. And the right strategy only comes from a mindset that's in alignment with the target. Okay. And the way you can feed. Okay. So the second question is how do you get your mind? How do you know if your mindset is in alignment with the target? Well, when you're working on that target, do you feel positive emotion or negative emotion? Those are your indicators of alignment and what happens with most people, they feel negative emotion and they, 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 they just try to force their way through. So they continually taking action out of alignment and that's why they never get the result. A year ago, I discovered that there's another circle. So action, mindset, which I circled my hands. I should get some hoops. Um, and then there's a bigger circle yep. of hula hoops. Um, it's called frame, right? It's called frame. Yep. And the way frame is like your reality, but it's also the vibrational frequency of you as a being.
0: What's going on, everybody? It's Jamie. I'm jumping in real quick here because some people are listening to this podcast thinking, man, I hear this guest. I hear what they're talking about. This whole Go Abundance thing sounds pretty cool. I'd love to be a part of that. And I would say to you, if you are qualified to be part of Abundance, you're a millionaire or accredited at the very least, jump onto GoAbundance.com and just put your application and you'll get on a call. It might even be with me where we can talk about what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish and what it is to be part of this community in depth Would love to have a conversation with you about that. It's been just so life-changing for me. And for those of you out there that are saying, yeah, sounds great. I would if I were a millionaire or if I were accredited, but I'm not there yet. We've got that now. We've built a program and I run it. I love, love being a part of it. I left my job for it called Emerge and Ascend. Emerge is where you got to start. It's a 12-week intensive sprint goal-setting course. You're going to get curriculum every week. You're going to get live intervention every week. You're going to get connection with GoBundance members every week. You're going to get accountability from like-minded people every week. Jump into that, kill it, and we invite you to ascend, which is essentially the GoBundance mastermind without the million-dollar requirement. And we actually even add in coaching to help folks find their purpose, their mission, their values. It's intense. It's, it's everything all wrapped in one. So again, if you're a millionaire or you're at least accredited and you're wondering about this abundance thing and that should I, shouldn't I, just apply. Throw your name in. You lose nothing. All you do is put your name into an application form. You get on a phone call and then you decide. If you're not yet at that million-dollar mark, look at Emerge. GoBundance.com slash Emerge. And what you can do as well is drop my name in there, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, and we'll knock 200 bucks off the tuition for Emerge. Jump in there and we'll get you started on your journey toward being a whole life millionaire, toward getting to go abundance, whatever you want. People in Emerge, people in Ascend, people in GoBundance all report back often the changes it's made in their lives financially, relationally, and everywhere else. So Go to GoBundance.com. Check all of that out. See wherever you are. Dive into that particular area of GoAbundance, and we'd love to see you inside of the tribe.
1: Now, back to our show. And the reason why I say that is because our bodies are made of atoms. Well, they told us that in seventh grade science class. It's kind of hard to imagine, but we, we understand that we're all energy just like this is energy too. It's all just atoms. We also know that life responds to us. We just don't know how sometimes it responds well sometimes it doesn't sometimes we knock on wood and call murphy's law and stuff like that when we want to make it respond to us but what i've discovered is that your frame is what causes life to react to you so the way our brains naturally work is we think action creates your reality but it doesn't reality creates your action so because the the vibrational frequency of you as a being like, for example, your mood determines, do you think positive thoughts or negative thoughts? So your your thought pattern comes from your frame, which creates your mindset, which then creates the action.
0: So one thing you said, I mean, I, I love all of that. And one thing you said in there that was really compelling, I mean, he said a lot of things, but in particular... Was feeling your energy, how you feel about what you're doing. Do you feel yeah. good or do you not feel good? In some yeah. ways, that sounds like a procrastinator's dream, right? Like, oh, great, the thing that I've been putting off and not doing, mm-hmm. that I just got permission to be to be, you know, okay with not pushing through because it's a negative energy. I like just sitting on the couch and and watching TV, right? Like, like, how do you? Yeah. I, I guess I'm trying to figure. Like, how do you know what is something you have to work past versus something like you know, is it possible to live in such harmony that? you're only doing things that truly light you up or that truly resonate with your with your being, with who you
1: are, with what you're trying to actually do. you know, where where you should be going if that makes sense. 100% it is. Help me with yeah. that. 100% <laughs> it is. Procrastination is not a problem. Procrastination is life screaming at you don't do that. Interesting. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't actually take the action. Sure. It just means your current approach to it is not in alignment. Because You could go out, let's say you're an investor and you want to cold call cold market deals and you want to pick up the phone and you feel like you need to sell somebody to find a deal and you feel resistance to doing that. You could also decide to give each person you want a blessing after you hang up and send positive energy their way and literally think that talking to you is a gift because you're going to make them laugh. I'm going to get my dad joke books and I'm going to tell them jokes until they laugh. So even if I bug them for a cold call, I'm going to spend some laughter through their day and therefore Talking to me is actually a gift. So I'm actually reaching out to a gift because also if I find a property, I'm going to be providing a better quality place to live for a family in need. So I'm actually helping the family in need and I'm adding value to the person I'm reaching out to. And at worst case, I'm going to be super nice to them and send them a blessing. It's the same action. So that resistance and procrastination is misalignment. Very interesting.
0: Very interesting.
1: That like gives I, us a good. Yeah. Let me give you an example. I was talking to, I normally don't talk about my coaching clients, but Brandon's talked about this a lot. Like he's talked about <laughs> his massages. You heard about Brandon's massages? No, he I does don't know. Like so. he, like, he does like a weekly massage.
0: Weekly. Gotcha.
1: He does a weekly massage and he, he comes up with amazing ideas in that massage. And one day he and I were talking on the phone and I said, What's the most important thing for you to do next? And he said, Get a massage. And he was kind of surprised by the answer. And I'm like, Go get a massage and that became his thought process for doing massages where he gets his it's like thinking time what what did the if you don't mind what did the get a massage come from like what what, was it It like the next thing I should do
0: because I had a kink in my neck or was it
1: the next thing to do it was during coaching it was during coaching and I was like what's the most exciting thing for you to do today I think he said he didn't know what he wanted to do today so I'm like well what's the most exciting thing to do today he said get a massage so that's intuition so talking to him. So, yeah. so some people may say that's not taking action. That's actually following all of your guidance within because life is more than just action around work. Interesting.
0: So, so your, 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 your in initial reaction, your innate reaction, that thing that pops up from inside of you uh, when you're thinking about <clears throat> what to do next, it may sound completely crazy. Yes. I'm about to go bankrupt and you know, <clears throat> my wife hates me and this, that, yeah. and the other, but get a massage pops up. Get yes. A massage.
1: Yes. Because you're Understood. going to meet somebody out there that's going to change your life because here. So there's also a concept of known versus unknown. Okay. Yep. So as human beings, we like the known. We like certain unknown, but let me give you an example. Okay. So let's say you have a new real estate investor. They've got a mm-hmm. W2 job. They want to leave their W2 job. They read Brandon's books and they're going to, what's it? A hundred dollars a door, right? Yeah. Yep, hundred dollars right. a door. So <laughs> if, if I want to replace $10,000 a month in passive income, I need a hundred doors. Okay. So if I get a hundred doors, I can quit my day job. Okay. And I look at my plan right now and I'm like, okay, what I know, what I could plan out, what I know how to do, I could probably do two properties in year one and then maybe four in year two and then 10. And, and basically from today, I know how to map out a plan to generate $10,000 a month in passive income in four to six years. That's Mm -hmm. known. I can map it out right now. Right now that person at the same time also knows it's possible to find one deal in three months that pays them $10,000 a month in passive income. Mm -hmm. It's physically possible. They just don't know how because it's unknown. Known, unknown, right? Yep, yeah. So most people live their lives in the known. What I do is I live in the unknown. And the the intuitive guidance to get a massage is your keys to the unknown. Wow, wow, that's
0: powerful. That's really powerful to your point. Yeah, it, it's, it's yeah, you know, you, you do, you shuffle away thoughts, you shuffle away intuition. Uh, In the interest of logic, but like I like the way you put it because it's what seems to be known. Like, okay, this is what it's supposed to be. But allowing that inner being to come out and just guide you, put you into the unknown, which can create you know endless possibility for you, essentially.
1: Fair, absolutely, absolutely. Because while while you could walk down the street and see this person choking at an outdoor cafe, and you do the Heimlich maneuver and save their life, and he's a billionaire and he writes you a check for ten million dollars, while that may not be likely, it's not impossible so whether amazing things in the unknown are impossible or not likely or likely or possible or guaranteed is all dependent on you and your mindset in the frame you're operating in so i operate in a frame where amazing things like that happen to me and then they do
0: Hmm. if you go back to what was it 2012 2013 when you you lost the job you're starting as a tony robbins coach you're starting your own business at that point you talked about how you were learning about running a business, and back then it was—you know, <laughs> had no idea how to. None. How much of how much of running a business today uh, incorporates, I guess, a couple of the concepts you talked about: understanding your frame, living in the unknown, and even leverage. Is that the? Th- are those the things that you didn't understand that that meant you didn't know how to run a business then, or is it something else? Because I'm, what I'm hearing is you're on fire since sort of leaning into just and, dis- and discovering you know these these circles we talked about you know frame down um living in the unknown and then the concept of leverage at a certain point in income but are those things that people that are making 60 grand or 80 grand should be tuned into now in order to get to three or four or five or to that level is that what you would have done differently as a businessman back then or
1: i don't know maybe that's too big a question but i <laughs> well let me let me tell you that let me tell you the trigger point like yeah. the, the the crossover point I I worked with a few other people and started a a coaching company in early 2019 called Excel Business Coaching. And me and and a full time salesperson did like outbound lead generation for five months. The goal was to like do high level business coaching and sell it, you know, like $1,000 an hour. I knew I could deliver that because I've done it before, but we were going to build our own. And in five months, we didn't close one coaching contract of Mm -hmm. outbound, cold calling, social media, webinars. And I literally gave up. And I gave up and I quit. And I'm like, maybe I'm not supposed to be a coach. And this was in June of 2019. Wow. And the cold caller's is like, I don't got anything left. And I'm like, I don't got anything left either. And I gave up. I quit. And I, I, I cried again. I've cried a couple times when businesses have failed. Um, and then in the next four weeks, something happened that made me really question everything was that I had four coaching contracts find me off of referral in the next four weeks right after quitting mm. so it was when I quit everything started flowing because prior to that I was pushing and grinding and pushing and grinding I went to work for Tony Robbins I was doing like 60 minutes of incantations today now I am the voice I'll lead, not fall like wow so wound up I made everybody around me crazy I was pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and then when I quit everything started working and ever since that crossover point has been me trying to figure out what happened. And that's been what's happened over the past two and a half years is me evolving that process and understanding not just how it's working in my, because everything I'm sharing with people is what I've done in my life. I'm literally understanding how I figured out life works and then how to coach it and teach other people. But the, the, the thing that is really gonna start helping people get it get what they want is to really understand the the basic concept that that hard work does not create success it does not alignment with success creates success and if you go if you look on other podcasts where they interview successful people none of them know how they created their success because if you ask them how they did it they're going to give you their strategies of oh i woke up at 5am actually no i woke up at 4am i ate brussels sprouts and I hit myself in the balls. What? You hit yourself in the ball? Yeah, wh- tell me that. Oh, well, tell me what happened. Oh, well, I was struggling in business and one morning my my two-year-old bumped me in the balls with a baseball and I got a big sale. He did it the next day. I got a big sale. So I started hitting myself in the balls every day. And then you're going to have groups of 50 people getting together and say, well, I hit myself in the balls. Wait, and then you got women putting on fake balls to hit them. That's how. is perf- a- isn't that personal growth and success, right? It's like so ridiculous. Great
0: book title too. Hit yourself, right.
1: <laughs> hit yourself in the ball. You don't yeah. have to hit yourself in the ball. But because success comes from alignment with success. When your frame is in alignment with success, you will think of the thought. You will have it. So all you have to do is you get what you want is move into the person or the frame you want, follow the process of life, and you will get the result. Hmm. For example, I am not a billionaire in this moment. If I chose to, I can move into pure frame alignment with being a billionaire. The process of life to receiving it could take 20 years, mm-hmm. right? So alignment happens at a moment, but it's like, are you staying in alignment? Are you following your internal guidance? Are you following your knowing or are you contradicting it with your social conditioning? Because we are guided.
0: How do you maintain that? Uh, I call it like almost like a surrender mindset in some ways, right? Like, so you've, you've, you've unlocked this. 2019 was Mm -hmm. the year that you quit and simultaneously started to explode, right? Like that, you know, by essentially surrendering, is that a fair word?
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I, I basically surrendered so much. I stopped working out and stopped doing all that because I went to this extreme of just, I basically, I wouldn't say surrendering as much as avoiding resistance. Uh, fair, okay. I like that better. Actually, yeah, avoiding resistance. I, 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 and and there's sometimes I probably should use a little bit of resistance, and there's times where you start to need to, but you know, it's like if there's resistance, I don't do it. How do
0: you maintain that now? Like, do you do you have an active like routine where you? Is it just innate? Is it just part of your being? Like, do you notice when you start to meet resistance and see? I,
1: I'm just kind of curious how you how do you stay in that state. I've. Realigned all of the things that take me out of that state. What do you mean by that? You've realigned. Be, every, be, all the because you've be, because the, the, the question you just asked me was how do you stay in this new way of being? Mm, yeah. Because you're asking that from a point of view that the old way is the default way and it won't change easily.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: That is a frame that you have control of changing. So one of the things we do with, first, with clients who first join us and one-on-one coaching or go to the live event, or even in my book, the book is actually going to create the transformation in you. All you have to do is repeat, the, repeat the repeat after me is after out loud, but basically not thinking change is immediate is part of your past reference and social conditioning. So though that's a part of, that's another frame because your entire perception of reality is based on frames. You have frames about making money. You have frames about creating change. So what I've become very good, I've, I've shifted all my frames. So anything that pulls me out of that is no longer there. And I'm very attuned to other people when they have those presuppositions that are contradictory. So the, the simple thing to understand is that environment matters more than action. And usually it's the other way around. We focus, especially achievers. Oh, work, work, work. No, no, no. Environment is everything because environment is what create. like your mental environment is what creates your reality. So if you want what you want, all you have to do is shift your mental environment in line with it. And you could be a brand new person if you want tomorrow. You can change anything. And you know Joe Dispenza heals his broken back with his mind, right? We can do anything. And if you can't believe you can't do anything, well, you're in a frame that believes you can't do anything. And then if you can do that, it's like, well, I can, but I'm not worth that much. Okay, well, then you're in a frame that you think you're not worth that much money. Why not? Because if I have more, people have less. Well, then you're in a frame that you think there's a limit about the money in the world. There's no limit of money in the world. It's created everywhere. And then there's like, people are going to feel bad if I make more money. Well, no, they're not. Is, is, is it better if you be, be broke and act scarce or is it better if you're a positive example of what's possible, right? It's all frame. Amazing.
0: A friend of mine recently, Mike, my friend Mike sent me a a video uh, of somebody speaking and they, they essentially said, um, if you woke up from a coma, kind of what you're talking about, if you woke up from a coma and were told you were a Navy SEAL yeah. in your past life and they wanted you back, like your yeah. mindset and what you would do is yeah. very different than if you were told yes. you were a piano teacher, right? Like the being is created, the frame is created for that person. And to some extent, I'm probably misusing frame. No, that's,
1: bit. I've yeah. used that example before. Yeah. Like imagine you, well, you make a hundred grand a year, And then I hit you in the head with a hammer. You get amnesia. You wake up tomorrow. You say, how much do you make? And I'm like, you make 200 grand a year. You go back to your job. You look at 100,000. Hunter's missing. And then you'd go find it.
0: Yeah. Yep. I love that. man. So let's let's pivot a bit to the book because the book title is really, really appropriate uh, in what we're talking about now and yeah. what some of your clients have seen. I know at least two of your clients who have had ridiculous results uh, and yeah. correlate that directly to working with you. Again, won't name, oh, you've named Brandon, but there's another one out there that we, we don't have the name either. But do the impossible. What, what's this book? I mean, give us a little bit more than I guess that the title, obviously, but what's this book? What do you hope to achieve with this book and give us a little more detail on when it's coming out and all of that?
1: So do the impossible is my best effort that I was able to create to create a foundational understanding of this process. Because as as you're as, as I can also imagine that your frame is already shifting just through this conversation. It is, right? So yes. my book is one giant frame shift to get you into the foundation of working way because once you get this foundation, you're really getting open. Because what I do as a coach is I help people get open because I can't make people be anything they're not, but I can help them remove their resistance to success because most people are resistance to what they want. So this book, Do the Impossible, is really about aiming at impossible things and getting into alignment with them so it happens with ease. And it's designed in a way just like a coaching. So if you pick up the book and you read the exercises out loud, it will create transformation in you. And my purpose with this book was to basically share this process and, I, and I, it's hard for me to call this Jason's technique I, because I think it's the technique. I think it's the process. It's like, I just feel like I've peeked behind the curtain of how life works and I've under- dissected it and I'm teaching people how life really works. So mm. my goal with this book is to really, you know, and, and and have growing the business is fun too. But really what I love is when this book is to change people's lives and get there because Once it's so easy, once you get this, it's so easy to start making money and have a positive impact and positive relationship. And so many people are like struggling and they don't need to be. And they're moments from, from like freedom. So the goal with the book is really to just help put a tool in people's hands where they can do this on their own, and transformation. Uh, A
0: pre-sale on this book is, uh, what late, late November, 2021.
1: Yeah. The uh, bigger pre-sale starts on bigger pockets website on black Friday. Black Friday. Beautiful. Not a big fan of Black Friday, but that's when it starts. The publishing, I think it goes into print in February, and then it'll be in Amazon, I think, in April.
0: Let me ask this. We only have a few minutes left. I want to be respectful of your time here, but do you, in writing a book, writing a book is a big endeavor, right? There's a, there's a lot of work. You know, I think of I think of book, and maybe this is my frame. I have to reframe the, yeah. the thought of this. but <laughs> I think of book, and there's work to be done, right? You have to, you know, uh, think of the flow, the chapters, the content. You know, editors, publishers, all that good stuff can you maybe as an example of what, you're, of what you're talking about, how did you ensure, or maybe writing a book for you was just like completely in flow. I don't know, but how did you ensure that you didn't encounter resistance along the way with this book? Did you hire certain people? Did you do certain things a certain way? Was it a navigating, a navigation? You just kind of like stumbled down the road and whatever, whatever pockets of resistance you hit, you pivoted from. I'm kind of curious if you can give an example of, of in this process, how that matches with what you're, with what you're doing uh, and what you've done.
1: Well, I had an amazing um, co-writer named Bonnie who helped me kind of dissect it. So I basically would put all the, I dictated all the content dictated it and rewrote it and she helped piece it together. It's funny. I struggled to put, to, to put it in the right syntax. Um, I had it all out there. Um, but she did an amazing job of helping put the sequences of stuff together. Um, so it wasn't ghostwritten. It was more like co-written. Um, there wasn't a lot of resistance to this book, but here's another sidestep that's going to take us more than a few minutes. But, um, if you're okay with that, I'll tell the story. I'm good. I'm good, um, yeah. um, JDC told me to do it. JDC? So what I mean by the JDC, Jason Drees coaching.
0: Oh, she's got you. Yep, J, Jason JDC, Dries
1: J, Jason Drees coaching. The entity told me to write the book.
0: Meaning you're saying like whoever you have is the chief operating officer, right?
1: No, no. I talked <laughs> to the business entity. Here's, here's, Here's a, here's another lesson I've had in, and how to connect with your business. I've discovered what I've found is our businesses have their own lives. A business is a thing it has energy, right? And, and, and one of the places that most entrepreneurs struggle, especially when they're growing, especially when it comes to leverage is they're working, 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 they've got a job. Here's my job fits in here, right? And my job fits in here. And all of a sudden I've got more job than I can handle. So I'm like, hey, we want to help me do my job? Yeah, okay, so here's what you do. Come over here, okay, stand here, and you put your hand right here. You hold that half, I'll hold this half, right? So basically, you're getting other people to help you do your job, right? Here's, here's a better visual. So you're actually got your business, you're lifting it up, right? So here's my business, and I'm holding it up, and I've got it to this level. And I'm like, oh my God, it's doing great. I need somebody to come in. Okay, you want to come work for me? Okay, come over here. Okay, put your hand here. No, 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 no. You got to put your thumb here. Okay, now put, put your feet out, okay? And, and you, this is how you hold it. Okay, I'm going to give you half, right? And that's how most people start their business and, and they get to leverage. And what I realized is that I was treating the business like a job. And I had this breakthrough that JDC is actually its own entity that I work for. And I made this crossover point when I hired my first employee of instead of like trying to micromanage him and tell him how to do the job, I hired him and decided that that person needs to ramp up. They need to have a ramp like I do. They need to learn how to do it. And I value their unique contribution to the business because we both work for JDC. Hmm. And the second I did that, I literally let go of JDC and I gave it to the next person. And I, and I, and I winced because I thought it was going to drop to the floor. But what actually happened is when I let go, it flew up in the air. And the next month, our sales doubled without any different action. Because what action that happened is I thought I was going like this. And I was actually holding it down. Because I was restric- restricting the growth of the business. Because my bandwidth, is at, I was at capacity. And I was emotionally stopping it. So what I do now is I literally, I just imagine JDC. I say, hey, what do you have to tell me? And it said to me before, I want, I want to grow. I want more people. In March of this year, I said, JDC, what do you want? JDC said, c- said, I want a book. Mm-hmm. In October, I said, JDC, what do you want? He says, I want you to take a break. And I had a, had a period where the team was growing and I was doing less work. Mm-hmm. And recently, I asked JDC, what can you show me? And, and JDC said back to me, are you ready?
0: How do you how do you create that? How do you I'm just trying to think like Here's, of all the lessons I've learned. This is a lot to unpack in one
1: call. You give me but like But wait, listen listen to this ahead. part. Listen to this part. So, end of 2019, I had 65 Q4, 65 coaching clients. I did, launched the Mindset Academy. Like that was when JDC grew 10x in 90 days. Yeah. Cuz in 2019 we did Hundred, I did by myself 100,000 in revenue, 2020, we blow, broke a million and we did 750 in Q3, Q, I'm sorry, Q4. Wow. So by the end of Q4, I'm brain dead. Like if you go back for Instagram, I like literally, Elliot Smith reached out to me and he's like, are you okay? Your eyes, you don't look healthy, right? But it was just this <laughs> crazy flow capacity of growth. Yeah. I'm on this sales meeting. I'm on this internal team meeting with a couple people on my team, end of January, and I'm still cuckoo from last quarter. And in that meeting, the two people on my team gave me the future vision of JDC. Mm. And I got off the call and I was like, yes, that is exactly it. That, That is where we're going. That's what it's going to look like. And then I got off the call and I was like, how the hell did the people on the team give me the vision to my business? And it was in that moment that I realized that because I allowed JDC to be its own entity, and I allow the people on my allow and expect the people on my team to contribute their own personal ideas and perspectives and energy to the business. At that point in time, the two people on my team were more in alignment with the NTT JDC than I was. Wow. And they got the vision, not me. And because it's not about ego, I was fine with that. And that's when I realized that when I let go of that entity, then everyone on the team can connect to it and get inspired and be, get amazing content. And it's and I, it's all not because otherwise I'm the bottleneck. Wow. So treat your business like it's its own entity. You got me thinking, my friend.
0: I got some work to do as soon as I get off this call. because. Because I think I'm creating a bottleneck like with Emerge, right? The Emerge program that we have with Cobund I run that. That's my business, if you will. And uh, yeah, you know, the growth of that, I think, is is uh, in in large part as you talk about it. Similarly, um, that's what I do. That's what I did. I'm going to create this thing. I got a lot of work. Uh, right? You're something. holding it up, right?
1: You're like, don't let go. Don't let go. Put your hand
0: here. Do it like that. No, and, no, no, yeah. no, no, no.
1: Your toe needs to be out, right? You know, right. No, lower back, abs yeah. tight, right? Yeah. Yeah
0: yeah, but bringing in the right people and and allowing it to operate and looking at it as its own entity and just listening to it. I could actually see this because as I sit here right now, like, what would it say? Like it would say this. I know exactly what it would say, right. I know exactly what this business would say. um and uh, as as, as some may feel like that, okay, you're talking to like a, a, a business. That's weird. I know exactly what you mean because I can yeah. hear what the needs of it are. When you create something yeah. to any size, yeah. there's needs that it has, like anything. It's, it's an entity. And, and to listen to it is so insightful. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Were you and, when
1: you, and when you allow people to contribute to it, you attract amazing people. I like that everybody tells us the amazing team you have it's just and i have amazing people on my team because i and this is another thing like i've got seven things nine tips to hire an amazing team i came up with yesterday which was uh you know make it hard for them to leave pay them pay them more than their role is worth welcome all input be transparent give lots of opportunities let them learn to ramp up feel for fit and fix all the problems in your previous companies in this one all right. So those were, there's another one here. I just came up yesterday. I just shared that, but it's when you treat it that way, people show up versus the type of people show up to be micromanaged. Wow, man. Wow. There's
0: that. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this before we release it again. Cause there's so much here to think about. Like I'm asking questions now, like this is one of those interviews. Every so often I do one where I forget there's even an audience. Like I'm just yeah. truly just like, okay, all right, tell me this now. Well, how about this? How about that? Wow. And that's what this was for me. So I, I really appreciate you. I don't even, I, we didn't do anything like on the normal scope of the, of the podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't even know if I want to ask you the, the card question. Maybe I will real quick before we break, but uh, all right, real quick. So let's just make sure that we've got everything out there. Do the impossible. Uh, pre-sale starts on biggerpockets.com on uh, Black Friday, 2021. You've got an event coming up in December. And I think you I do, also yeah. have another, another something that you're releasing maybe <laughs> early next year, early 2022. Do you want to talk about those real quick?
1: Yeah, my live event is uh the do the impossible live event this three day december 11th through the 14th it's in b cave texas which is about 20 minutes outside of austin so if you want to not just learn but master all of this stuff that i'm talking about that live event by the end of day three you will have mastered and integrated all of it so Mm -hmm. you should go like jamie you should go i know i hear what you're talking to me so So you should go but it's but there's um the The level of alignment there that happens with other people is just through the roof because you you get immersed in it. So um, and then also, um I do a group coaching program called the Mindset Academy, where you get bits and pieces of this every single week on a regular basis, and we're we're the next version of that is launching on January one, 2022. And then I also do what I call a ten x group. And the ten X group is like a group coaching program. That's coached by me and my team members slash mastermind slash peer group so mm. it's kind of like a coached mastermind founded on these principles of jdcs that we use of, of doing the impossible things so if you want to move into a collective unit with other entrepreneurs or performing at a high level and play in this space the 10x group is for you okay um i'll forego the question from the card game because i just i want
0: to make sure that all of this can be found somewhere so what's the best place for folks to go and like look this up website instagram handle whatever you want to share what's the best place
1: jason drees
0: simple as that d-r-e-e-s we'll put that in the uh in the show notes as well for folks out there that are looking to to partake and learn more about what you do but man yeah like i said the results I, at least two guys at least brandon being one you've seen a rocket shot of of uh, a hockey stick like ascension and they correlate it back to spending time with you and, yeah. and growing with the the coaching that you provided so uh, lots of great value and yeah i gotta look at my calendar now for december 11th to 14th so might have somewhere to be yeah. might have somewhere to be <laughs> it will it will change your life it absolutely will yeah Absolutely, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you being on. Thanks for staying over a little bit and uh, and pouring so much knowledge into into me and into all of us. So I appreciate
1: you. You're welcome, Jamie, and it was great to be here. Absolutely. The wrong tribe confounds. The
0: right tribe compounds get your free copy of the runaway bestseller tribe of millionaires a twenty dollar value at tribe free
1: just pay the shipping that's tribeofmillionaires.com. thank you for tuning in to the go abundance podcast we hope to see you at a live event in the near future if you're new to us here's a quick explanation of our programs number one emerge a web-based journey for millionaires to be number two ascend an interactive mastermind the next stage of our journey number 3 go abundance elite the original tribe of millionaires number 4 go abundance champions 5 million net worth and above number 5 go abundance women a tribe of amazing badass women for detailed information on all 5 of these simply find us at goabundance.com until then grab
0: life big